0: All right, we are back. Uh, After another two-week stint off, we are here at episode 23. Um, This is the special birthday podcast for one Matt's at home. All right. Right, that's right. So so as as a gift to you, I'm not going to hog the mic here, and I'm going to let you... (laughs) I'm going to let you lead on the points this week, and I will wow. offer my, my hot takes, yeah, so this is... Uh, what a gift. It's a gift that keeps giving. It's a gift that keeps giving. What
1: a gift. So well, uh, I'm honored. I'm honored. So, what you got? The good news about us taking two weeks off is that the, the Mavericks pretty much did as well. So, yeah. we're now officially eliminated from the playoffs, mathematically and all, so... Uh, the season's pretty much over. They're sitting thirty two to forty five. Mm. Uh, there's five games left. So over the last couple of weeks, you know, a lot of losses. they They managed to beat the clippers at home and then the bucks on the road. So you know, still kind of true to form for this season, able to compete and beat some teams that maybe you wouldn't think they could. Yeah, and, uh, but with five games left, the so last night Sacramento, they lose by 11 and essentially comes down to the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, last night, Seth Curry, who, who hurt his shoulder late last week, he sat out. Dirk, who tweaked his Achilles on Sunday, he sat out. Not sure why Wes Matthews was out, but he was also out. So the leading scorer last night was, uh, Nicholas Brasino. And you also got to see A.J. Hammonds for quite a stretch, and Dorian Finney-Smith. So yeah. uh, it was essentially the Dallas Mavericks, like the, the kids out there playing. And, and not like the Kings have a lot of uh, older veterans, but you know, no. Mclemore was more than enough to, to pull away for the Kings in that one. But they got five games left. I guess the question really at this point is is, what do we want to see from the Mavericks in these last five games? Last night was in my opinion, a little boring to watch, but then it kind of keeps my interest because Brasino's pretty good. Hammonds did some good things, which is, which is great, but I think coming out of this season, if you're a Mavericks fan, you saw a lot of young guys play pretty well, but are we just going to be a team moving forward of guys who are pretty good, but maybe not really good and, and like not a lot of star potential down the line. So uh, I guess that's – I don't know where I'm going with that, but there's five (laughs) games left. We just want to see more of these young guys and and see if we just got a bunch of pretty good, okay players, or or is there something else we need to see if you're Mavericks
0: fans? Well, I think uh, a couple things I thought of. One – I think with com mentioned how he had the undrafted free agent lineup out there for a while with like uh, Finney Smith, Yobie Farrell, uh, Nicholas Persino, A.J. Hammond's a second-round pick. Uh, just a lot of uh, unproven guys, but young guys, like you said. And I really enjoy watching Persino play. Uh, he looks so frail, but he kind of... The box score had him at guard. He was kind of playing a point forward, kind of uh, handling the ball a good bit. Um, I like Bruce and Hammonds a lot. I I hope they get 20, 25 minutes a game for the next five games. Uh, We could see a little more. It may be a stretch to say either of those guys could be contributors next year, but... Seeing that we don't have second round picks for the next two years because of the noel trade, uh, you know is it did we just get our second round picks all this year with Finney Smith, Farrell, Hammonds, and persino? I mean those are four guys that could develop to have ten year careers or flame out in three years? You know we really don't know at this point, but um i I like the potential in all of them I think Hammonds. Hammonds has this kind of uh, effortless smoothness to his game that uh, could be interpreted as is he even trying or does it come that easy to him? And um, I, I like watching him play. I, I know he, he dominated at several points in college, and I'm just wondering if he just needs a couple years of seasoning and he could actually be a a really solid contributor. And seeing what... The Mavs have done with sort of a scrap heap centers. Uh, just Brandon Wright comes into play. Just, you know, guys that just you thought were done. Even uh, Samuel Dallenberg had a great year for us that one year in the playoffs. So I think, like, Hammonds could really develop. And then Versino uh, is super young. So if he plays these last five games, he plays summer league, um, I could see him being a rotation player like in three, four years maybe if he's uh, if he's still around and, you know, putting the work in. So, again, not trying to sound redundant, but, yeah, uh, more young guys, uh, just giving them the playing time they need, and I would love to lose the rest of our games. <laughs> That's my goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just going back to your point about Hammond, he does have kind of an easy look to his game, but that was kind of the knock on him coming out of college. And the reason he slipped down to the second round was he's got a lazy label on him. And Mm so I think he's, you know, he's looked pretty good in the D league and in a, in the time he's played for the Mavericks this year, but whether or not how that plays out over the next few years, like you said, is he going to develop into something or is this just kind of who he is? Just kind of an okay guy. And uh totally agree with you on Brasino. It would be great to see him, you know, play summer league and just get more reps because he he's come through. He's had a couple games where he's actually played in some some key stretches and played really well. And it's kind of yeah. like, you know, Finney Smith did the same thing for us this year. And, it's you know, will one of those guys sort of emerge? I think you know, to your comment about second-round picks, at one time Marquise Daniels was thought to be kind of a guy who – Should be in Dallas for a long time. And then, you know, he he just sort of fell off the map. So you you never really know about second rounders.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always character, lifestyle, all that stuff that it's hard to just grind it out as a 12th man for three, four years and believe that you're going to be more than that. And so um, that's. I think that's the bigger part of it. And I think the good part with Bursino and Hammonds is they are both pretty young. Hammonds, obviously, a little older, but um, they may be content just uh, just working, you know, for the next couple of years yeah. and just, just seeing yeah. where that puts them. And Bursino's super young. Is he, like, 19 or 20?
1: I, I think it is something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. It's something really young and... Uh, yeah, he's got a little bit more of a skill set. Like, I was more excited about him when the Mavericks signed him, not because I watched kind of Argentine basketball and, like, know about him, but just because they have such a good basketball history down there that I thought if we're bringing in someone from there, he can probably play a little bit. And I think he's done more than enough this season to stay on with the team. And he really has shown something. Like you said last night, he was, he was handling the ball. He can pass a little bit. He can certainly shoot. And he's been a much more effective rebounder than his frame would indicate.
0: As you oh, said, actually, he looks pretty
1: fragile, but I'll get in yeah. there and, and bored.
0: He was born March 2nd, 1993. So that actually makes him a little older than we thought he was.
1: Oh, okay. Right?
0: So he's, 20, yeah, he's 24. Yeah. 24. So, um, God, he needs to gain some weight. But... Uh, <laughs> But, hey, Kevin Durant's pretty lanky, and, and he does all right. I mean, at least on the court, yeah. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of course, Kevin Durant was doing that
1: when he was 18, and Rossino True. was, like, okay at 24. So,
0: I guess. Yeah, that kind of shifts you know, my, my thinking a little bit. That we'll
1: shift things a little bit. But he's still, again, I think he's going to be on the roster next season, and it's just a matter of who the Mavericks maybe end up positioning in front of them, and to that point, and to your last point of, I hope the Mavericks lose all five games, yeah, let's let's take a look at the tank rankings
0: where nice. the Mavericks
1: are sitting at the ninth spot. We're the ninth worst team in the NBA. Um, in front of us, really, that top five is, is pretty well set. I, I think it's almost yeah. mathematically impossible for us to get uh, higher than six, so where a couple games... Um, A couple games better than the Knicks and the Kings. So losing to the Kings last night kind of helped us in that regard. And then the T-Wolves are in that mix. Now, the T-Wolves, I think, are talented and kind of just going all out. Like, they're they're not going to mind winning down the stretch here. So we could get to eight, I think, relatively easily. The Kings and Knicks are definitely trying to lose.
0: I mean, I don't know. The Kings beat us last night. They're only one game back of (laughs) us. (laughs) <laughs> but
1: not, I'm saying neither one of those teams has a real, like, the Wolves are talented enough to win, and they should win, and they're going all out. Like, Tom Thibodeau, yeah. like, like well, pulling Carl Anthony Towns out of games.
0: Yeah, let's look at schedules really quick. I think Minnesota has uh, Portland again soon, who they just beat uh, in Portland, yeah. which was uh, – pretty good, and I think Minnesota has one more against the Lakers, which would put them... If we lost out, and they beat the Lakers, we'd be tied, but I don't know who has the tiebreaker with those two teams. Uh, So, let's see here. Let's look at Minnesota, because that's our best chance, like you said. Minnesota. Who do they have left? Okay. They got Portland on Thursday. Friday, they've got Utah and then they got Lakers, Thunder, Rockets. Ooh, that is rough. So let's yeah, hope so the they Lakers beat, are really. Yeah, they've yeah. got to beat the Lakers. That's at that Staples. And uh, let's hope they pull off an upset, maybe OKC or Houston, last couple games of the year. Nobody cares. That kind of thing, hopefully. <laughs> Well, maybe. They
1: might be locked into their spots at that point, and it doesn't really matter. You know, that game won't matter for them.
0: Yeah, that's the hope. And then the Knicks beat, I think they beat the Bulls. Yeah, they beat the Bulls the other night, which was a big win for us. But, and then they end the year against the Sixers. So, it's going to be, and they're at 30 wins. It's going to be tough to pass the Knicks. So, let's Last team, let's look at Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento, they obviously just beat us. Oh, great. They've got the Lakers on Friday. And then Houston, Phoenix, and then the Clippers. So Sacramento actually oh, has a okay. great shot at passing up. And if Minnesota can do that too, I think we might be looking at the seventh slot, which would... Let's see, our chances of getting into the top three would go from 6% now to 15%. So that's almost wow. almost tripling. Let's say two and a half times our odds. So that's, that's pretty substantial if we just lose out. And then our chances at the top pick would go from 1.7% to 43 so quadruple. Wow. So... Um, that's uh, that's significant. So we're rooting really hard for Sacramento and Minnesota. To uh, they have to win two games each. So I, I think Sacramento's yeah. definitely going to do it unless they do something fishy. And Minnesota just has to beat the Lakers and one other upset. So very possible, and we can't win. <laughs> that.
1: Well, that's, that's the part, yeah. I mean, the Mavericks are at the Clippers tonight, which I can't imagine them. You know, we've played the Clippers really well, actually, this season. So yeah. who knows about that one? But um, then the Spurs are in here Friday night, and yep. you know, I think the Spurs are locked into the two spot.
0: Yeah, at this point. But then we've got Phoenix.
1: Yep, and that <laughs> Phoenix has lost 12 in a row, I think. Yeah. What?
0: Really?
1: <laughs> Hold on, let me look oh, again. yeah. They're playing. I mean, there was some stat last week where their current starting five is younger.
0: Oh, you're right. Younger than
1: seven out of eight Elite Eight teams.
0: That means their, they last played, I mean, win, their last win must have been the Devin Booker shot, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. It was that oh. buzzer beater, which kind of sent the Mavericks. The Mavericks, at that point, were still thinking playoffs. And we Mm -hmm. talked about it on our last podcast that that kind of took the air out of them, um, going into that East coast, East coast swing. But yeah, no, they have not won since then, I think. And, uh, they're, they're pretty much sitting all their veterans and just going with the super young starting pot. Devin Booker got 70 against the Celtics, um, and that, again, they were just kind of drawing up plays and just sort of letting them get, shoot as much as possible to, to get to that number, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, was amazing. What I he, did. They're not
1: a team real interested in winning right now.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, Mavs might win that and screw everything up. Um. <laughs> You know, well, but. and
1: Friday night, I could see the Spurs. I mean, I could see Popovich just playing the JV Friday night because who cares? And uh, well, I can't you know, see matter, maybe winning at home.
0: I can't see Dirk playing again this year if his Achilles is acting up. It's like, what's the point? Like,
1: right? I I think he may make an appearance in one of the last two home games mm-hmm. just because just for the fans kind of thing, you know, but yeah, yeah, if if the Achilles is bad at all, I was going to say, I don't see Seth Curry playing again this year because again, why run him out there with the bum shoulder? Like I think they've seen enough from Seth Curry this year. Yeah. And, uh, if they can give Brasino and Powell and Hammond some minutes then great. Uh, and yeah, I don't think Dirk is, if he plays at all this season, it's not going to be much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of the mode the rest of the way because there really is zero motivation to win to win games.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with you there. And then, um, yeah, so that would put us, let's see, when is the last game? Is it next Wednesday?
1: Yeah, next Wednesday I think we are at uh, Memphis to finish off the season. So we got Sunday, it's yeah, just to jump ahead to the to the week ahead and i touched on this already, but tonight at the Clippers, Friday home against the Spurs, Sunday at Phoenix, Tuesday home against the Nuggets, and then Wednesday they wrap up at Memphis. Memphis, by the way, I don't think we covered this, but Chandler Parsons is out for the year uh after season ending knee surgery. So mm.
0: Stop mm. me if you've heard that before. But mm, poor guy. I've gone from like <laughs> yeah. disliking him to just feeling bad for him now. I, I just uh <laughs> you know <laughs> it just uh I don't know. It's pretty bad. I just did you see that uh some sort of social media post where that guy Pulled him in and was just like, "Thanks for ruining Memphis season." And he's like, "What's up?" And he's like, "What? Did you see <laughs> that?" <laughs> oh, this is like a bit. Like
1: somebody took,
0: like a video of this. Some guy what? was like, like, "Hey, Chandler Parsons, what's up?" And he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And he got on his video and he was like, "Thanks for ruining Grizzly season." And he's like, "What?" And he looked, <laughs> <laughs> and he posted that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for Parsons now. He's just getting clowned by fans. It's just... It's well, just, the,
1: Memphis, the Memphis media wants, like, nothing to do with him. I've read a couple different really? commentaries this year where guys have kind of gone off on him. And, well, okay, so I guess over All-Star break, and not to make this all about Chandler Parsons, but okay, over the All-Star break, where they get like a week off, he... Uh, he flew a bunch of his friends or whatever and whoever he's dating to uh, to Cancun on like a private jet, and there was you know he's posting all this on Instagram, <laughs> including some like trucker style hats that he had made that say "Chan Coon" on it <laughs> to celebrate his trip to Cancun. Cancun. Yeah. Okay. And so the Memphis media was like. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. He's got millions and millions of dollars. He can clearly afford this, yeah. whatever. Like, and sure. he's got a week off and he's hurt anyway. There's really yeah. nothing wrong with it, but I think the Memphis media was kind of like, it's a bad look, you know, that yeah. uh, this guy who the fans are kind of annoyed with anyway just yeah. sort of jetting off to Mexico with his buddies and all this. So, Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, but no, they're, they're not a real big fan, and no one kind of sees the... And this was sort of the issue the Mavericks grappled with in the offseason is, is this going to get better? Like, do they see this turning around over the next three years where it's like, oh, well, now Chandler Parsons is worth this $24 million that we're giving him annually?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and then you're sitting there looking at Harrison Barnes, hasn't missed a game all year, pretty much 20 points a game. Uh, And then high, high ceiling after that, like he is just learning to to be a go-to guy. Um, We pretty much signed a superstar in like potential superstar in the making there. Um, I I just feel like kudos to the MAPS front office. (laughs) That move, that was, that was amazing. And then. Um,
1: well, and such a difficult. And that's a tough decision. I mean, you've got this guy who's been with you the last couple of years. And, I mean, he showed some flashes while he was here of, of being a really productive player. But, yeah, just the knee injuries and everything. And I, I think Cuban, and we've talked about this before, Cuban wanted him to maybe just opt in for one more year and
0: prove himself. He was begging, he was uh, begging him to. Yeah. Yeah. To just prove to everybody Carson that he
1: wanted to. Right, but Parsons wanted to, to max out, and he got he got a deal. So I mean, you know, good for him. But yeah, I mean, it's not not so good for Memphis.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at the uh, tankathon mock draft here, and yeah. as, if we stay at number nine, they've got us taking Frank Tilakina, the guy out of uh, Strasbourg. Germany. Is it Germany? I thought it was French. It's Germany. Uh over the Aaron uh, he Fox. You might be French and playing in Germany. Yeah. Okay. Over yeah. the Aaron Fox, which we we haven't actually discussed the NCAA tournament at all, but uh everything changed for me after I saw Kentucky the Aaron Fox destroy Lonzo Ball <laughs> in the tournament. Yeah. And now- I say, yeah, it- no, go ahead. Hey, you good?
1: I was gonna say uh, I, I felt the same way. Like I'd seen a couple mock drafts where where the Mavericks were, De'Aaron Fox was kind of on the table. And after that game, I was like,
0: well, I really hope that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> because this guy looks amazing. Well, now I don't see how he has not taken over Dennis Smith, right? The guy out of North East, North uh, NC State, because. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting when the because you know Markel Fultz and uh, Dennis Smith. I mean, you didn't see them in the NCAA tournament, and so it'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and Fultz is still near is still at the top of everyone's mock draft, but it'll be interesting. You know, not that the NBA combine is that big a deal. It's more the the individual workouts and stuff as the draft gets closer, but. It will be interesting to see how that uh, how those guys either you know rise up again or yeah. um, maybe start to drop back down. But yeah, I think seeing Fox and, and even Malik Monk for the for the Kentucky Wildcats as well. I mean, he looked uh, amazing at times. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where those guys actually do end up in the lottery. But either one of them looks. Uh, Looks like it'd be a great get for the
0: Mavericks in the lot. Yeah, yeah, well, and I, I, that's what makes being at seven so much more attractive if everything stays true to form because I feel like you're guaranteeing yourself, uh, Tilikina or Fox or Dennis Smith. You're, you're guaranteeing yourself getting that, that point guard of the future. If ball and fault go one and two, um, you know, let's say Ball, Holt, and Jack, Josh Jackson are one, two, and three. After that, yeah. it may it may be a little more need-based. There may be ability to trade down a spot or two if somebody's wanting a certain guy yeah. for a certain reason. So I think it'd be really fun. And, um, you know, keep in mind, I, I think the last time we had a top three pick, was that the Jason Kidd pick where we had the number two pick?
1: yeah I don't think we've been back
0: there since uh yeah that time it, was and, no. it yeah. was and Glenn Robinson went one, which I knew was a joke at the time, and then two with <laughs> kid, and we were criticized for taking kid over Grant Hill, if you remember he went, right Grant Hill right. went three I was elated, we took kid until ownership with Frank Zaccanelli traded him for nothing <laughs> but yeah. we'll, well we won't get into that I, I just feel that uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, having a top three pick would be a real game changer because uh, we haven't talked about this at all but if you're sitting there two or three and Lonzo Ball is there you almost have to take him right
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, as and then you deal if you with look
1: his dad. UCLA, yeah, you just kind of deal with it because it doesn't. I don't think it affects him as a player for one. Yeah. Right. He's got two younger brothers that I think is going to take. So you know, his crazy dad's attention is a little bit divided. And I think okay. it's not as if the Mavericks don't have, and and that's why this past season was kind of crucial is that if you look at the fact that we have Harrison Barnes and Nerland Noel and, and even Seth Curry, like we've got some younger players on this team to, to, you know, that he, he's going to be able to distribute to. So I think that's, it's not as if he's going into a situation where he's just got a bunch of stiffs around him and,
0: uh, Oh, no, you know, I know more so talking about dealing with LeVar Ball, <laughs> period. No, 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 I,
1: I know, but that's what I'm saying, that I think LeVar Ball, you know, would probably be pretty pleased with, I think he'd be happy going to the Mavericks and, and kind of celebrity owner Mark Cuban and, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I think that would uh I think Cuban could, could kinda deal with him to some to some degree. Um, right, right. So I, I don't think that's uh I don't think that's too bad. The only thing I would be a little worried about is that he's been LeVar Ball has been pretty vocal about him wanting to have his son play for the Lakers and kinda well. learn from magic and all that talk. And so yeah, there'd be a little bit of the yeah is he's just gonna not extend, you know, hold off on the extension, and then just take off to LA first chance you get, right? Yeah, so there'd be a yeah. little bit of fear of that, but you know they've also changed the CBA to make it such that you know there's an overwhelming advantage to the players to just stay put from a from a financial standpoint.
0: Yeah. So let's say this: What if we get the third pick? Ball and Foltz are off the board. Who are you taking? Do you take Josh Jackson?
1: I would take. I mean, I I thought Josh Jackson looked great in the NCAA tournament, and just all season long, like he's he's really good. And then you've got, I mean, Jackson, Barnes, and Noel. There's there's your front court. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I actually, and you can go. Uh,
1: Seth, Seth Curry is a two. I mean, Yogi. I'm a, like, how good does your point guard have to be when you've got those
0: guys to pass it to? Well, and that's a point Bill Simmons makes a lot where, uh, there's such, there's so many point guards out there. Like, how much better is the $20 million point guard than a Yogi Farrell undrafted free agent? He, you know, like, they are that much better, but is it that much better? Like, <laughs> to where there's just, you know, our point guard by committee might have the same statistical, you know, effect as like a Chris Paul, let's say. I'm not saying I want Berea and Farrell over Chris Paul, but when you're looking at what you may get from small forward from a Josh Jackson, uh, it may be a better lineup, right?
1: right, Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think, I don't look at our team and think, yeah, point guard's really holding us back. Now, we could use a better point guard, but I don't think it is to our detriment to have Yogi Ferrell and J.J. Barea handling the ball uh, as much as they do. I, I don't think that kills them.
0: No, and, and in, in addition to that, is as easy as it seems sometimes to find a 3-and-D guy. It seems like every wing is a potential 3-and-D guy. We don't have a lot of potential wings that are like Paul George guys, you know, that are just like... This guy can – I'm not saying the Mavericks. I'm saying, like, the league doesn't even have that many. Everybody's, oh, he's a great 3 and D guy. They, it kind of feels like a diamond a dozen. But, you know, to find a potential all-star wing, I think that, that, that is a little more rare. Now, on the flip side, would I love to see a Tilakina or a Fox just be, you know, developed, basically, like, go through college in the Maverick system? and have Rick Carlisle kind of show them how to be a point guard, that could be amazing as well. The only thing I would worry about is the timeline of where, when one of those guys is dominating the league, you know, with Harrison Barnes, like, what, 32, 33 by then? If, I know you can't totally think well, he's about only that. 20, he's only 24 right now. Okay, I was thinking of 27. Okay. No, that
1: that was the thing about signing him is that this contract will be up and he'll be 28, I think, 27, 28. So he'll still have, well, uh, work, he'll have productive years ahead of him.
0: And the anomaly I thought about, too, with Tony Parker, when he came in, I think he was winning championships at like 21, 22, right? Because he came in at 19.
1: Yeah, he came in at 19 and then a couple of years later, but that was a big thing. I was living in San Antonio at the time, and there was a lot of talk of, it, can this guy really be our point guard? Are we wasting Tim Duncan's prime? Yeah. You know, they went after Jason Kidd a little bit because they thought, you know, this this is our chance to, you know, take advantage of how dominating Duncan is, is to bring in Jason Kidd. And then uh, Parker went out and kind of just, you know, turned it around
0: and became Tony Parker, you know. Well, yeah, and Kid turned him down, or he, you know, he would have been. So, yeah, yeah. So it um, should be pretty interesting. So next week, we'll begin our uh, our off season podcast. Right, we're gonna have to think of a whole new uh, all new. Well, yeah, college. well. How we We'll wrap up.
1: The Mavericks season ends on Wednesday night. So, yeah, we'll we'll shoot for Thursday next week to kind of do a little, you know, recap of those last five games and set the table for, you know, the four weeks ahead of the lottery. So, the lottery will take place May 16th, and then uh, the draft is at the end of June. So. Yeah. You know, there'll be there'll be four weeks ahead of that, and then the Mavericks will know where they pick, and it'll be six weeks of you know, kind of draft prep ahead of that. So,
0: good stuff. Well, and then maybe yeah. we can do maybe we could do a live podcast during the lottery. I think that's essential. huh?
1: Oh, that would be yeah. There you go. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah. So we'll do that, and then uh, maybe we'll do uh, round per round predictions in the playoffs just to have fun.
1: Yeah, well, we'll touch on the NBA playoffs as they go along. I think it's going to be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. All right, well, the season-ending podcast is over, and uh, I will see you in the offseason next week. (laughs) All right, sounds good. All right, have a good one. All right, see you. Okay, bye.